0: This, this is the Buck, Buck Sexton, Sexton Show. Where the mission, where mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. Russia. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Be. Great you're a great American again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now Hey everybody, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you with me here in the Freedom Hunt. Honor, privilege, and pleasure. Back in the swamp. I gotta say, I, I like Texas a lot. <laughs> Texas is a great place. D.C. takes a little more getting used to. There was a woman, true story. I was having uh, I was having breakfast before I came back to the, the, uh, the coast here. Came back to the Acela Quarter. I was in Dallas. And you know that... That gesture you make with your hand, maybe you don't do this, but kind of like you are you know you're about to sneeze and your head is cocked back and you're ready to... A woman walked past me and said, bless you in advance. I just thought that was so nice. That was the most Texas thing ever. Texas is such a great place. Uh, So we've got a lot to discuss today. Uh, The President of the United States is forcing the media into contortions of desperation in their anti-Trump mania that that are almost hard to uh, hard to explain hard to describe you see they go so all in against Trump that they've lost all credibility right so that that's an important place for us to start this conversation we all know they're not honest arbiters of what's going on we know that the reason fake news the reason that that bothers them so much is because they are in fact In many cases, guilty of fake news or guilty of tremendous bias. And it always goes one way. If this were like a law of averages thing, once in a while, there'd be some story about Trump that you'd read. You'd say, oh, wow, that's great. That's a really good thing for Trump. Then you go, oh, no, it's not true. Oh, bad stories are not true all the time. Right. They they do belly flops into the shallow end of the pool with their news reporting on Trump on a regular basis And we know why, because he is a threat to their sense of their own importance, to their careers, to their power, and they want to take him down. What made me get into this frame of mind right away today? They wrote this piece in the New York Times about how Secretary of State Pompeo, whom I have been an advocate for here all along, I've written pieces on thehill.com talking about how I think Pompeo is a really... A really good choice for this role Trump is tight with him. he's just kind of an alpha dog and is going to work well with Trump and the whole thing makes like it just makes a lot of sense to me there's a certain feel for these things you have to, you have to get you have to get a sense of whether these are people who will be some patico given their power but the New York Times writes this piece uh, and I, I have to give credit to Fox for picking this up slamming Pompeo saying oh he was away during the iran deal announcement because this is iran deal uh this is iran deal collapse day two right They, they they haven't they haven't gotten rid of this hangover yet they're still very much in it and it was it was just it was so clear yesterday all these different headlines and stories our allies are all against this how could trump do this what's the plan for the future they're so upset about it they're so upset uh and so they also threw in there, where's the Secretary of State? Why is he not here? Oh, my gosh. There's a monster under my bed. I mean, they were really freaked out about it. Well, it turns out the Secretary of State was meeting with the North Koreans. So the Trump administration's not like, hey, we're just going to handle Iran and forgive everything else. Oh, no, that's right. The Secretary of State was meeting with his North Korean counterparts and this is also more news to share with you courtesy of President Trump quote I am pleased to inform you that Secretary of State Pompeo is in the air and on his way back from North Korea with the three wonderful gentlemen that everyone is looking so forward to meeting they seem to be in good health Trump wrote Secretary Pompeo and his guests will be landing at Andrews Air Force Base at 2 a.m. Eastern Time and I will be there to greet them. Very exciting. Folks, this is Libs worst nightmare. Trump is getting results. Now, I know there have been exchanges and there's been different administrations that have gotten gotten people released But understand this, people who have taken the position up to this point that there is no reason to believe there's any opening or any change here with North Korea, how do they explain this? They're trying to buy us off. okay? well, at least we got back a few of our guys. At least it shows there is some good faith. And you know what? I'm just going to put this out there. I'm taking a wild guess because I don't know, but I have a feeling Unlike the Obama administration with Iran, we got these guys back without delivering pallets full of cold, hard cash for the psychopaths in charge. Wow. Trump was supposed to be the destroyer of the economy, they told us, the bringer of fascism into this country. And a complete and utter buffoon when it came to foreign policy. What are they going to do when the Iran deal gets renegotiated on more reasonable terms? I'm not even saying favorable terms, just more reasonable terms for the United States. What are they going to do if North Korea is in fact the opening that the Trump administration is hoping. They're sober-minded about it. They are they have clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Uh, they are very much in a position where they feel like there's so much more to lose from not approaching North Korea in this way than than if they were to hang back and just play strategic patience that was the game of the Obama administration but you can just feel the media's credibility evaporating with each of these stories you can just feel there's something of a a quiet panic in the newsroom of the New York Times, The Washington Post, because they can shape the narrative to a certain degree, right? They can push events in in one direction or or they can uh, talk about events in one way or another. They can't really actually form those events, although fake news allows them to do that. But once the truth gets out about really big things the administration is doing, that Trump is going big league, if you will, right? Was it big league or big league? I was always so confused, and then I found out. And I think it was Big League, uh, or no, was it Bigly? Whatever, both tr- both accurate ways of saying it. I didn't know that Bigly was a word. I had to look that one up. So Trump, in fact, taught me a word. It's not an easy thing to do. But what will they do in the media when it becomes irrefutable? And that's what we're heading toward. When it becomes irrefutable that this president. Despite his lack of of uh, you know, foreign policy credentials, despite the fact that you know they always act like he's such a buffoon, he, he did go to an Ivy League school, which for other presidents is somehow you know John John Kerry went to Yale, who cares, right? John Kerry's a nincompoop, poop, but they'll say, oh, he went to Yale. Uh, Trump went to Wharton, the business school at the University of Pennsylvania, but they still act like he's the dumbest guy ever, right? Successful businessman, and you don't even run down the whole resume but you know what I'm saying here they act like he has just no clue about what's going on but maybe his instincts or just his willingness to see the world as it is instead of what liberals do seeing the world as they wish it to be just maybe that's a better approach than what we had seen in the past speaking honestly which also means bluntly to the american people but also to our foreign adversaries and allies right this is the deal guys and gals this is what's going to be happening here i think that trump is on the precipice of creating in two years i'll give him until the end of the year on this right before i could even make a real judgment so i'm not going to come on here next week and say we got it we got one from uh, Ghostbusters when they get the first call, you know, Annie Potts. That's right. I remember the actress's name because I've seen the movie that many times. She hits the the bell. Ghostbusters also has great music. Anyway, I give it until the end of the year before I can say that he has, in fact, achieved more in two years than Obama achieved in eight and without mortgaging the rest of our foreign policy interests in the process. This is going to cause liberal nightmares in the media. This is going to cause all kinds of problems. Because how do they how do they walk it back after this one? This is the area, right? International relations, foreign affairs, all of a sudden Christiana Mampour's back on the radio show. I like foreign leaders to sit and chat with me to no end. That world now has got a guy showing up who's like, hey, sanctions? All right, let's talk sanctions. You guys got to stop being jerks. There'll be less sanctions. Bada bing. It's not really how Trump talks, but you know what I'm saying. What does it do to, to the think tank set? They're right near me here in D.C. What does it do to the K Street squad when Trump's greatest accomplishments thus far could in fact be foreign policy related. It will blow their minds. And I'm just very happy we've got some Americans coming home. Could you imagine the, the nightmare that would be getting stuck, uh, being held, getting stuck makes it sound like you missed the last flight, being held in North Korea as a prisoner for political purposes? Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? A regime that treats its own people in such a disgraceful fashion is one that you would really really not want to be in the hands of uh as a political prisoner all right team i really want to hear from you back from dallas 844-900-2825 here in the swamp call our swamp line 844-900-2825 844-900 buck uh, i want to talk to you about this charade charade on the on the hill earlier today with the nominee to be the next CIA director, uh, Haspel, and what the liberals are doing here, yeah, you know, you know what's going on. A lot of grandstanding, a lot of whining, a lot of uh, pretentiousness from Democrats that are trying to make the highlight reel on, on MSNBC. Uh, we will take Occam's razor to all that nonsense like a chainsaw in just a few. I don't believe that torture works. We got valuable information from debriefing of Al Qaeda detainees, and I don't—I don't think it's knowable whether uh, interrogation techniques played a role in that. Gina Haspel, who's supposed to be uh, the next CIA director, my, my old home agency. Uh, people who ask me, I—I I do not—I I, have—I have nothing specific to say about Haspel, uh, so. You know, people are like, hey, do you No, know? I don't I have nothing specific to say about Haspel uh, other than what is out there right now from the testimony on the Hill uh, and what's going on as we're all seeing it in real time. Right. Any Anything anything that that uh, that occurred with this nominee to lead the agency before a few weeks ago, literally neither confirm nor deny, know nothing about, have nothing to say on. Uh, but I can talk about what's going on in Congress, obviously, because uh, she is getting a lot of heat from the left over this. Uh, they're getting all all worked up over what they call torture. Now, I, I don't want to... They like this debate, the left, the Democrats, they like this because it makes them feel morally superior to Republicans. right? They like this because it makes them feel like they have a, a way of undermining what is clearly the superior national security credibility of the Republican Party over the Democrat Party. Not that Republicans don't make a lot of mistakes and do dumb things on national security, because they do. But Democrats, sometimes you're like, which I, people are getting mad at me for saying this. There are some Democrats where I really do ask the question. I'm talking about elected officials, you know, members of Congress, senior advisors to Obama. I would want to ask what side are you on again? Because sometimes it feels like not exactly playing for keeps for America. But they like the issue or the the debate around torture because it's so easy now after the fact to make these claims about how they were opposed to it. You get people like Pelosi who are like, oh, I didn't know anything about. I was never briefed on anything. Yeah. And then you had this big fight, as you know, between Congress and, well, Democrats in, in the Senate and the agency uh, that spilled out into the press about who knew what when, about enhanced interrogation, and there was just all this stuff. It's a big mess. Uh, we have moved past this now as an issue of of blame shifting, but Democrats have it. They still think that this is a place where they should really dig in and double down and make it very clear that they think that they have the moral authority on this issue. Although uh, to be uh, you know, to be fair, uh, John McCain, for, uh, and by the way, I hope he's I hope he's doing as well as he can under the circumstances. I know, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, but John McCain is a Republican, who has been one of the biggest opponents of the enhanced ag- interrogation technique program. So it's not just Democrats who are really against it, but the Democrats do it in a way that's very self-serving. Um, and, and, you know, I remember what it was like those first weeks, months, even years after 9-11. Uh, we were literally under assault. You know, we think of it as, well, you know, we lost a few planes that day, a few thousand people that day. But that was their best shot. If we hadn't gone hard after Al-Qaeda, there would have been plane after plane going into buildings in the United States. and Who knows what other targets they would have hit. They had big plans. We know about it. We know they were going after multiple mass casualty incidents after 9-11. That was the goal. That's what they were striving for. And in a very limited number of cases, the enhanced interrogation techniques program, uh, that program was used in a way that still some very senior, very respected people uh, within the CIA have come out publicly to say, saved a lot of lives and to say that it's torture when someone is put through a process that is highly uncomfortable I understand that and 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 it's nasty and uh, I but, but to to compare that to say putting electrodes on somebody where they could die uh, that seems to be a, a dishonest approach to the problem or at least a dishonest way of discussing what's going on people are waterboarded in some of our elite military survivor uh, survival schools, right? That has been done. We wouldn't cut off the fingers of our our uh, men and women in uniform who are training in these programs, right? That's torture. Uh, enhanced interrogation is nasty. It's rough, but it's also being, it was also being used against terrorists. I mean, I can't help but step back from this and say, I, I saw this this report today, at least that uh, KSM Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. The 9-11 plotter is very opposed to uh, Gina Haspel as the next CIA director. (laughs) I'm like, well, if there is such a thing as getting the the endorsement of someone's criticism and have it be resounding, I think there you have it. Uh, Why do the Democrats go through all this? You know, they did this with Pompeo. Oh, we're going to hold it up. And they're not going to hold it up. What do they really think they're going to accomplish with Haspel? They make a lot of noise about this. Well... They're going to end up getting somebody in the agency running it who was either there during this at a, at a at a relatively senior you know level, meaning that it occurred while the person was working there, or they're going to bring someone in from the outside who feels like they're going to say the same things that Haspel said today, which is I wouldn't allow this to happen again. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. How the heck is it possible that NBC has come out? I mean, this is unbelievable. How is it possible that NBC has come out with the end results of their internal report and they have, quote, no evidence indicating any nbc news or today show leadership news hr or others in positions of authority in the news division received any complaints about matt lauer's workplace behavior prior to november 27th 2017 this is after a month's long internal probe they they really expect us to believe this huh by the way, they went with uh, they, they didn't go with like some big law firm for what I understand. I forget who it was that they brought in, but people were immediately like, hmm uh, you know you had you have Tom Brokaw recently or uh, Tom Brokaw. He's uh, the guy who's famous for reading the news like this. Uh, you've got him out there now also accused multiple women. I'm, I'm pleading the, the well. He hasn't pleaded the fifth, so I won't. Yeah, I won't put words in the man's mouth. But he's can neither confirm nor deny. You know, he's out there acting like you know, no big deal. He's got this covered. Uh, although I think the number of women that's always that's always a thing, folks. When there's one, you know, you got to think, hey, maybe this is payback, or this is some kind of uh, you know, somebody wants to get a payout, or you you just don't know when there's a few and they're on the record and they're named it's like this is a pattern this is now Charlie Rose territory and sometimes it even goes into Weinstein territories we saw with Schneiderman Uh, so and NBC is also the same network mind you that killed the Weinstein story one of the biggest news stories one of the biggest journalistic bombshells uh, to drop in Certainly, I think all of uh, 2017. I think you could argue that the the whole Me Too movement and the articles that led to it, other than the Russia Gate fantasy that the left has, uh, that was the this was the only real break in that coverage that I can remember. Right? It was Russia Gate, Russia all the time. Now it's Stormy Daniels on TV every five seconds. They're making Stormy Daniels one of the most famous people in the world. That's it's pretty astonishing when you think about it. This former adult film star porn star, whatever this former porn star is now becoming a highly recognizable and therefore marketable and monetizable don't forget uh, face because of CNN's efforts among others, MSNBC too but you know NBC, so I'm just saying that they broke with the, the wall to wall coverage of Russia collusion in order to give just a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of breathing room so they could run the stories on the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, because the Weinstein stuff was just, it, it was jaw-dropping. I remember, I remember reading it and thinking, my gosh, this guy's a maniac. He's a predator. And a close friend of Hillary Clinton's, by the way. A bundler for the Clintons. Yeah, people heard the rumors. I think the Clintons heard the rumors too. But, but NBC tried to kill that story because they didn't want to tackle Weinstein and they also didn't want the second order implications of what that would mean you bring down Weinstein there are a lot of very powerful people in the media industry who you'd have to say huh hold on a second uh, what did they know about this and and so there's it's covering for more than just you know it's it's covering for more than just the connection from Weinstein to the Clintons it's just the, it's the whole media apparatus out there. Now with NBC, though, yeah, Matt Lauer, who has apologized somewhat, right? He said, I think he said some of it was, it was, it was all consensual because if it's not, you go to prison. So it was all consensual, but yeah, he probably shouldn't have been sleeping with interns, cheating on his wife with them and, and all the rest of it. You know, yeah, maybe when you're among the most powerful people in television news, if not the most powerful anchor for a number of years, uh, maybe you, you shouldn't use your position to try and get people who work on your show or work for your company to sleep with you, Matt Lauer. Yeah, that's that's not a big shock. Uh, but now here we are. Big internal review. Brokaw, Lauer, you know, all these other names that make by the way, there are other names that may come up again in the future. I guess Charlie uh, Charlie Rose is CBS. So different. But they're saying there was nothing, nothing structural. You know what this is, folks? This is their corporate alibi, in effect. Oh, we didn't know. We didn't know. Nobody knew. We didn't know. I think they're lying. Yep. I do not believe them. I do not think this is true. I know uh, Andy Lack uh, says that uh, or sent out this. He's the guy who runs NBC, and he sent out the note on this one or the the report on this. And I'm sorry, it's just uh, a little too convenient, a little too, a little too easy that oh yeah, no, there was no culture of sexual harassment that was covered up at NBC. There there are a couple of reasons why this is really big for them. Why I could from a standard of forget about scruples or principles what's best for NBC I can understand why they would lie it makes sense for them to lie about this two big reasons ready for this we crack the knuckles as we uh, dive into this one together first one liability it's one thing for a woman to come forward and say that so and so and I had a consensual relationship but he was in a position of authority and come back years later you can still get sued and they can still sue the company but it adds to the company's liability and it's certainly going to add to the zeros of any settlement that comes out. And by the way, some sexual harassment settlements are, as we know from other networks and other other situations, can be enormous. You know, over eight figures kind of big, right? I mean, it's we're getting into the eight figures, double digit millions is what I'm trying to say. This is why I don't, buck and math are just not 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 making the magic happen. Uh, but they don't want the liability. So that's one part of it. Another part of it, and this is one that you uh, should keep in mind, is that NBC, which is the parent company of MSNBC, so you have NBC News and MSNBC, and there's a lot of crossover, and Brian Williams is over at MSNBC, but he used to be at uh, NBC News. Well, hello, America. There I was saving three Americans from Kim Jong Un barehanded, and carrying a llama. Oh, I can't tell you the details of that story. Brian Williams is a humble man, so Williams is, uh, you know, he he bounces around now between those different networks. They're obviously related. They want to keep studying. They want to keep studying the or or, or, uh, the issue. They want to keep covering the issue of the Me Too movement. And they want to do it in a way that people won't just turn around and say, hmm. So when you run all these other stories about other networks, one in particular that the Democrats really don't like and love to try to pile on and make sound as bad as possible. And uh, when, when you do all that, are people able to look at NBC and say, hey, et to NBC? That's right. Antiquities reference. Uh, that's what I think they're trying to avoid as well. Uh, they're going to say, hold on a second. It's going to be harder for us to have these panels of, oh, do you see this this culture of sexual harassment at this other place? When it's like, you got to clean your own house up there, NBC News. Your house is glass. And not just because of the crappy overpriced solar panels that cover it, Sun. So uh, that's what I think about the NBC News probe. Figured it was worth getting into a little bit of that there. Uh, 844-900- 2825 844 Buck. Back in the swamp, but we are safe and sound, my friends. You know why? Because we are in the Freedom Hut where all the freedom happens. Uh, do call in also if you want to send me your thoughts. And if you're listening to the show later or on podcast, and by the way, I'm hoping many, many, many of you will share this podcast with friends. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash Sexton. And for the uh, podcast on iTunes, The Buck Sexton Show. The Freedom Hut show we'll be launching hopefully next week so stay tuned for that one we'll get that we'll get that feed up you can all start subscribing that's going to be the equivalent of buck sitting around with all of you my friends and just just ripping through stuff it's also i think just to sweeten the pot a little bit and i probably shouldn't make these promises but it's a once a week so i can pull it off it's going to be the home of commie bear it's also probably going to be the home of angus mcmanus the belligerent scottish bartender it's also going to be the home of Ariana Huffington not the real one so we have a lot a lot that we'll be getting to in that podcast uh stay with me much more to come i want to talk to you in a a few minutes about the legacy of the trump administration when it comes to judges and we see how important that is but but i'm going to hold off on that for a moment that's going to be coming up in an hour or two i just i like to remind you because i'm really reminding myself that for all the days when i'm like come on trump like messaging discipline or and then i have to remind myself he's the guy that beat the hillary machine uh you know he's the oh no why why did he win makes her so sad sexism call me fbi russia <laughs> i could do a, i should get on a whole list of all the reasons that hillary didn't win the election as as told by hillary herself it would be like a bedtime story to give you nightmares sleep tight so here's what's happening uh oh well like i said the judges that's going to come up in a, in a few minutes because there's a there's something that i i i can't get beyond and it's not important but I like it and we'll talk about it for a minute and then we'll get into judges how is it possible that incredibly expensive movies that are made now by big studios can be so bad and yet getting a movie made is near impossible for a vast 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 majority of the popular not even majority I mean for you know A tiny fraction of Americans really have any shot of getting their screenplay read by somebody who can talk to somebody who can put the money up to... You know, it's this, this really ornate Byzantine system of patronage and promises and who knows who and, you know, Hollywood, all that stuff. And they make these movies that just suck. They are so bad. I tend to think of this when I've had plane rides, right? So that's why and So I've been flying back and forth Dallas and New York so I. that's when I get my uh, or Dallas to D.C. rather and that's when I get my a lot of my movie watching in but in this case I'm not even referring to one of the ones that I've seen recently. I know. A lot of you agreed I'm just going to say this a lot of you agreed with me that Dunkirk it's a little boring. I've got to get off this beach and it's really it's still a lot of tension in the air I've got to get off the beach but I can't because there's no boat for me. It's like yeah okay I mean important story I know massive you know massive historical moment and all this stuff but like after an hour of it it's like still got to get off the beach it's really uh, dangerous here it's not looking good you know the whole United Kingdom may crumble if we don't get off this beach it's like come on there's no love story there's not a lot of action the only saving grace in that movie was the dog fighting scenes not, but not with actual dogs, obviously. I, that's horrific. I mean, the planes, guys. Come on, the planes. Uh, those are the ones that I'm... <laughs> that, that's the scenes that I'm talking about. But those were really well done with that guy who's a phenomenal actor. I'm actually blanking on his name right now, but he's gonna. He's in that show Taboo, which I'll be watching when it comes back. Anyway, the movie that got me really thinking about this, as you can tell, I have kind of... I'm on a one-man mission to, to speak the truth about Christopher Nolan. He's just not that good... He's just not that good. I, you know, you can call me crazy, but the Batman movies were overrated. It's just that they were way better than the Batman movies that had come before. Uh, but anyway, so this movie, though, that that I, I just couldn't help but uh, And, you know, Drudge was linking this today. A Wrinkle in Time. OK, a franchise So many people familiar with A Wrinkle in Time from, you know, from their childhood. You would think this is built in and Oprah, no less, is a a star in this movie. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's in it. Yeah, you know, I was never, I'm not gonna lie to you. Never really that big a fan. Uh, Never really that that excited about the whole Reese Witherspoon situation. Uh, But what I can tell you is that this movie completely? That we we guys give me a good sound effect for that next time. My my bomb noise is not. I might as well just go kaboom. <laughs> my bomb noise is not good. Buck likes to go kaboom. A uh, One time made thirty three million dollars in its opening weekend. Uh, it had a combined production and marketing budget because remember the opening weekend is like everything, right? That determines the momentum for it and it had a combined budget of around $150 million. How is it possible outside of the federal government to spend $150 million and get nothing basically in response to waste $150 million? That's so much money. It's so much money. They lost, according to Yahoo News here, on this Wrinkle in Time franchise, uh, they lost between $86 million and $186 million. I wish that there was a way, and this is just a little dream of mine, that you could actually bet on, literally bet on the success. And I mean, like, financially, right? Place bets. Because I feel like that would be helpful cuz right now these studios they've got these huge budgets and they all have these uh, superhero movies so they can cover up failure to some degree but if they had some enormous budget i'm sorry if if they had some way that we could uh, bet on the enormous budgets that they have that they're spending on these movies i think would clean it up because this i saw the preview for this wrinkle in time thing i'm like well that's a that's a turd i mean that is a a dried-up goose turd of a movie. I'm sorry, some of you are eating. But it it really, it's just so obviously bad. I mean, it was like Pluto Nash bad. It was like, uh, oh gosh, Vanilla Sky bad. Yeah, that's right, I'm going there. Vanilla Sky was trash. But here it is. It's still, still hard for Hollywood to take even storied franchises and make them into a decent viewing experience with budgets that are the size of small countries GDP let's talk about Trump and the judges though that's really important it's going to last for a very long time it's changing a lot in the country around us that's coming up Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small make. make no mistake. America. Ready. Your great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. You are now entering the Freedom Hot Tactical Operations Center. All sensitive programs must be kept strictly need to know. Team Buck is cleared Roger that. and ready for the buck brief. Got breaking news for you. Syria has fired rockets and artillery into Israel, into the Golan Heights uh, region, which is near Syria's southern border. It's been occupied by uh, Israel since 1967. Uh, But you have a bunch of missiles or rockets rather fired off here in a clear show of defiance. The reporting says that this is from the Iranian uh, IRGC, more specifically the the Quds force. So this is an important reminder that uh, here we are uh, with 24 hours passing since the walk back that the Trump administration had from the Iran deal and Iranian forward-deployed forces in Syria are firing off missiles at Israel. See, this is why Iran continues to be a problem. It's not just what they're doing within the Iranian state. It's not just their quest for nuclear missiles. Their big spending into ballistic missiles since we signed the deal. Now there's also this other consideration that we have to have. Now there's also these forward-deployed proxy armies in places like Lebanon with Hezbollah, Syria, the Assad regime, which is really a proxy in its entirety of the Iranian state, Um, and there are others, Houthi militia in Yemen, uh, militia groups across Iraq. Uh, The Iranians have given themselves a strategic depth in recent years. So they fired off these missiles. People are going to say that this is raising tensions. It certainly is. these 20 rockets i don't see uh, that they have actually injured anyone uh, but the israelis will know how to respond to this and uh, they have defense systems in places uh, in place that can shoot down these rockets but the day after the iran deal came to a uh, a halt uh, is a day that we see that This is a a country that we cannot really make a pact with, a country we cannot trust. It can't allow it to just do as it wishes in its region or anywhere else around the world. In fact, there was video today of Iranian lawmakers. So not just random dudes on the street, not a bunch of just death to America paid stooges who are out there for the cameras, although these guys certainly look like a bunch of clowns. They were in parliament where they started trying to and after a little difficulty were able to burn an american flag and uh here's how that went play the clip please you get the idea death to america death to america burning flags. They're their parliament, folks. It does force the question, doesn't it? Where are these moderates we hear about? Rouhani, the moderate? The true power in the regime is the mullahs, it's the theocracy, and it's what's known as the Guardian Council. There is not some other democratic force that's at the top or anywhere near the power centers of the Iranian regime. So what? Moderates? I, th- this is the one of the hot takes that you'll see popping up all over the place. Oh, how could Trump do this? How could Trump be so mean and nasty to pull out of this Iran deal? He's empowering the Iranian hardliners. That's a complete misunderstanding, misstatement. I, I don't know if it's a lie, if people actually know better. There's no moderates that were empowered by this. We, the Obama administration made the deal with hardliners because hardliners run the country. National Security Advisor Bolton was getting into some of the details today. He's saying, Look, they're spending money on missiles, they're doing that for one reason, one reason only. Play clip four. And you know, one Iranian uh, threat that you didn't mention this morning that they've made is to increase spending on their ballistic missile program, which was never covered by the Iran nuclear deal. Now, why do they want more ballistic missiles? Uh, I can assure you it's not to launch weather satellites or communication satellites. This is how they deliver nuclear weapons, and so- I think it shows where the regime really is. Yep. And now we will see if the regime... What the regime does, well, they will have a choice here. The Iranians are going to have a choice. You can have a recovering and then growing economy, or you can have a nuclear weapons program, but there's not going to be a future in which you have both of those things. Or at least we're going to do everything we can to prevent the Iranian state from having both of those things. One other point that I think gets so lost here is this isn't President Trump withdrawing from a Senate ratified treaty. There's a reason why the Senate is supposed to ratify treaties, because think of it this way. Every president has his own or her own, well, his own up to this point, foreign policy goals and mission and approach. We know that presidents disagree on what should be done overseas. We know that presidents are going to have their own agendas. I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, but they're going to have their own approach to these things. Why would one president be tied down by the promises to other states made by the one before him? Doesn't really make any sense. When you play this out, it's not possible to, quote, keep the promises made by Obama in this regard without surrendering some of Trump's abilities as commander in chief. That was interesting. uh, Jim Acosta over at CNN, you know, the big J journalist who's also part of the hashtag resistance. He wrote that Obama policies dumped by Trump, the Iran deal, the Paris Climate Agreement, Trans-Pacific Trade Deal, DACA, and the Obamacare individual mandate. Look at some of these, the Iran deal, Paris Climate Agreement, DACA. That's just the president deciding, as he said very openly, he's going to go around Congress, doesn't care what actually the American people particularly want at any point in time. Congress is supposed to be representative of, or supposed to represent, the American people, that's why they have the power of the legislature and the power of the purse. They write laws and they take stuff from us and spend it. It's not up to Obama to just decide what the long-term foreign policy agreements of this country are going to be. And in the, some of those cases, very clearly, Paris, the Paris Climate Agreement, the Iran deal, DACA, Congress specifically chose not to do what the President of the United States did. It's not that it wasn't in their authority. It's not they never thought about it before. It was, you know what? We're just not into this. Sorry, Paris climate deal. We're just not that into you. That's what this was. So how could it really be such a shock and a surprise that Trump's going to come in and say, you know what? I don't think the Iran deal is working out. We're not going to do it. People are saying, oh, our allies, they're all so upset. Well, first of all, Regional allies are not so upset. Israel's not upset. Saudi Arabia's not upset. The UAE's not upset. The people most likely to have to deal with an emboldened, more powerful, more militaristic, and nuclear threshold, Iran, they don't think this is dumb. They're not like, oh, how could Trump do this to us? Yeah, the French, the Brits, I'm sure there's some other Western European powers who always like to get a little stuffed chest about things going on in the East. you know, a little puffed out. Oh, we, we know what's really the, the way to do. I mean, the, go back and look at the history of the British and the French in the Middle East. They had no idea what the heck they're doing. Mistake after mistake after mistake. We're supposed to listen to them like they're the voice of reason on this. Please. So I think that we're seeing more clearly now as a country what we're really dealing with with the Iranians because of the way they've responded to all of this. And uh, the Trump administration is now in a position to get a good deal, to actually do this the way that it should be done. And uh, I think that uh, things, are look- things are looking up in that regard. I can't say it's going to be easy. I can't say it's going to be certain. Uh, but at least now, at least I'm telling you there's a chance. And it's not one in a million telling you there is a chance here we will see oh one more thing from bolton here he's just saying this this is not going to be our promises it's going to be not even trust the iranians and verify it's going to be verify negotiate and verify and then we'll see where we are uh play three when the president signed the decision memorandum yesterday he began the process to put very strict u.s sanctions back into effect that'll have a significant uh, ripple effect on uh, iran's economy uh, and i think it demonstrates that uh, we're determined that we're not going to rely on paper promises we're going to rely on real performance to stop iran from getting deliverable nuclear weapons that's the goal here that's what we are trying to do uh, so i think that uh, a renewed focus on it is certainly worthwhile 844 team Eight four four nine hundred buck Uh, We've got a lot more coming up. I want to get to our sponsor this half hour, which is Global Verification Network. Global Verification, they are in the background investigation and vetting business, and they're the best in the business. They are federally certified as a veteran-owned small business. They're headquartered here in Chicago, and unlike a lot of the other people in the space, they're not some huge faceless corporation where you're going to call and sit on hold. Because if you need an answer about whether you can hire somebody, whether you can bring on new people to your staff, bring on a major new client without taking on some serious risks, guess what? You want somebody who's going to answer that call and who's going to make sure your data is stored here in the States, the people working on the cases here in the States as well. Call 877-695-1179. That's 877 695 1179, or go to mygvn.com. That's mygvn.com for all your background investigation and vetting needs. Global Verification Network. Leave no stone unturned. They, they have a new ad that they put out after you um, said you thought you were going to win the majority that says that you would like to institute a single-payer health care program and cancel, raise taxes. I think they mean roll back the tax cuts that they passed this year. Is that, what do you think of that? Well, that the true? second part there is, is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that we should uh, revisit the tax legislation. We should revisit tax legislation. Nancy Pelosi, you are just one big in-kind donation to the GOP. The The best thing that we can have, you know, I got a fever and the only prescription is more Pelosi. I want, I want her out there talking about how the American people just got crumbs, how the unemployment rate being so low, it just... It's mean because now it means that people that don't have jobs feel even worse because so few other people don't have jobs, relatively speaking. I, I don't know. I'm just making up stuff because Pelosi's clearly opposed to what's going on right now, does not like the, the trajectory of the country and the way things are going. So let's get her out there, folks. Let's have her talk about this, because while she's oh, I didn't, I didn't even know who the announcer was there, but he kind of caught himself This is a classic. A classic uh, Democrat move caught himself with the whole, oh no! It's not that you want to raise taxes; you want to roll back the tax cuts. You see, it, this this is just fighting over where the where the uh, the center line of the field is, right? Oh no, it's we're not we're not moving it. We're just moving it back to where it was before. They, they play these games. I saw somebody else that uh, had a, it was a really interesting tweet from over the last day or so, saying he wondered how many people. Had stopped voting Democrat just because of how annoying they are when it comes to language policing, and not even necessarily PC language policing, but just they they have this tendency to always want to correct everyone else's language because they're changing the language all the time. Uh, and I, I think that that's a, a fair point. I think it's probably true. If memory serves, it was actually a Democrat raising it that Democrats actually lose points on the board; they have fewer people voting for them because they're so annoying, because they are really annoying. Just a fact. Say, oh, no, you can't say that. You have to say this. You can't say that. Use this word. What about discussing the actual issues involved with something like taxation? Do we not pay enough in taxes? Really? I didn't think that's the case. And one day we're going to have to sit around and actually talk about the deficit. But that's another time. And the debt. But 80%, according to a CNN poll just out today, 80% of every single demographic says the economy will be extremely or very important to their midterm. This is where political analysts who don't believe there is such a thing as a cliche would start to say, it's the economy, stupid. Yeah, we know, right? It's always the economy, stupid. But it's true. It matters. It's important. People want to feel prosperity. They want to think that their future will be better than their yesterday and that their children's future will be better. And the economy is the single best indicator of that mentality. Guess what? The economy's really good right now. So what are the Democrats really going to do? Are they going to run on Russia? Are they going to run on uh, payments to Stormy Daniels or to Cohen? I welcome that campaign. They they've learned nothing since the last election. Look, it's going to be June pretty soon, and then we're going to be we're going to be uh, leaning right into the the midterms and and the fight for control of the Congress. They can put Stormy Daniels up on CNN 50 times a day for the rest of rest of all time it's not going to actually win them the election and when i hear the pelosi's out there i just think what's the what is their economic message right now you know say what you will about republicans after obamacare got passed they were like this is really bad we really oppose obamacare for all these reasons and we remember what happened in the 2010 midterms what's what do democrats think is going to be their issue they're going to run on the american people have more money american people have uh have tax cuts that has put more uh, has put more in their bank accounts, the j- jobs are surging, unemployment's at historic lows.
1: Pretty amazing when
0: you think about it. But this is what they're going for. Uh, this is what they think they can win on. But, yeah, they, they don't learn. It's just like Hillary. M- maybe we're a little too hard on Hillary. You are! But maybe we're a little too hard on her because it's mean! Okay, okay. easy, Easy, Hillary. Calm down uh i don't know if she's necessarily much more delusional than the rank and file of the democrat party i don't know that that's a fair thing to say i don't know that's the case maybe there are a lot of democrats that think that trump cheated and that's why he won it oh when you say it out loud it starts to ring more true doesn't it they don't have to change anything they can just run the same old tired candidates same old class warfare nonsense identity politics just try to rely on the same buttons that they've pushed in the past and see if they can make it happen this time they do not understand that trump has actually changed the landscape they can run all the uh the alleged mistress stories they want trump voters aren't like oh i'm out i'm done now i've had i've had enough of all this economic prosperity and optimism about america at home and abroad no, yeah, I've, I've enough of that. Let's let's bring back some of the Democrat retreads. I saw today that they're thinking it's a pretty open field for 2020. I think we've all got to think it's an open field for 2020 for the Democrats. I had no idea what they think they're going to pull off, but we got time before we have to think too much about that one. Uh, Pelosi's out there making the case for her side, and it's not a good one. It is not a strong one at all. Um, I, I, you know what? I was going to get into the California solar panel thing, but because that's just amazing. This just happened today. It finally was passed today by the California state legislature, I guess, whoever signs it into law over there. You have to have solar panels on the roof of your house now. Have to. Uh, but let me put that out as a teaser because I also want to discuss judges, because while I'm sitting here, running off a whole bunch of things that's going to be that are going to be really difficult for Democrats to overcome if they want to win in the midterms. There's another thing that's going on behind the scenes and actually a bunch of judges are up this week that shows that those of us who were willing to even if we had some you know some questions about some of the stuff that had gone on with the Trump campaign in terms of it's not your typical politician and the whole gorsuch phenomenon is much bigger actually because federal judges at the lower court levels play a very big role in all kinds of decisions and trump is getting it done there despite all the democrat obstruction and they're doing they're they're at the point now i mean the democrats in congress are like i'm just gonna take a really long potty break so we can't do any business you can't make me go potty faster i mean they are slowing it down in every way they can as much as they can no good faith whatsoever no oh let's govern better None of that. So I, I, I'm i going to talk to you about the, the situation with judges and then a whole bunch of other. Oh, and the California panels, California solar panels. That's coming up. He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Welcome back to the Buck Sexton Show, everyone. Great to have you here. As always, it's uh, uh it's a little tough because I got a little nostalgic when I was down in Dallas. I got to see the the one and only Glenn Beck. Uh, my original, r- r- he's really the in a sense the, the founder of Buck Radio. Now, if we're really going to talk about this, he was the one who gave me my first radio show, um, and uh, he was a, he was original, he was original Saturday Squad before that was even a thing because he was the guy that was letting me you know do a show at the blaze network it was just great to go down and see all the blaze folks and and chat with them It was a lot of fun and i enjoyed it now i'm back here in this swamp working on my amazing super secret project that you all are going to love once it comes out can't give you more de- next week is the announcement week just so you know that's when i can i am i believe the powers that be have told me that i can finally stop just dropping these hints about oh you know we're, I've got this thing I'm doing, it's really cool. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, but I can't tell you yet. So next week we'll be making that announcement. And in the meantime, I got to figure out where I'm going to live. There's it's tough when you're in DC because on the one hand, I am when it comes to commuting, I am lazy. I do not like to have to go long distances. I'm just I've done it before, I just don't like doing it, which means that I'll have to be in the district. But if you live in Virginia, you get to own firearms. This is the thing Because you can in D.C. Still It's a uh, A total A total mess if you try So I'll I'll update you on those Those uh, trials and tribulations As they come along And uh, right now guys I am I am Team Buck's Man in the district That's That's how I'm rolling Speaking of the district Let's talk about District judges As in federal courts Oh Look at that transition Bucks got all kinds of skills Um this is an important piece, though. I saw uh, Cuomo. Why are you reading my tweets? Not that Cuomo, the other Cuomo. Hey, I'm a CNN bro. Hey, do you even lift? Cuomo, that Cuomo. Uh, he tweeted this out. I-, I think he went to law school somewhere. I don't know where. I'm being serious. I think he actually is a lawyer. But he was talking about, uh, or he was sharing an article today about how the judiciary, Oh, good heavens, is becoming more conservative. Wow. What a shocker. When you have a president who is Republican, he is, in fact, able to put federal judges who serve life terms. That sounds like they're at Shawshank and in prison or something, but you know what I mean. They serve until they decide not to serve or, you know, they are no longer with us. Uh, So it's the remaking of the federal judiciary is something that we don't, it's not a, it's not a sexy story. Right, wherever you are across the country, you know, Texas, California, New York, Nebraska, North Carolina, Florida. I'm just naming states now. Random, right? Ohio, Montana. Wherever you are, uh, federal judges matter. They matter. They have a tremendous amount of power and authority. In fact, federal judges do have some ability. Uh, they do have some ability to be the uh, pinnacle of the, or at least the vanguard, of the anti-Trump resistance. And the legacy of the Obama administration with the federal judiciary was that uh, you had about a third of judges in the circuit court now, so those federal district judges, are Obama appointees. About a third of them. It's a lot, right? That's, uh, that is a considerable chunk of all the federal judges out there, and they stay way beyond Obama's two terms, right? They go, they'll, they'll be on the bench, some of them 20, 30 years, maybe more. I don't know how young the youngest federal judge is, but you know what I'm saying. And that means that when you have states that try to assert, you know, constitutional rights, or when you have these disputes that come up about immigration, about the enforcement of our border, but all these things, federal judges get to weigh in. So it is really, really important that the trump administration keep doing what it's doing and that's what this article is about which is packing the courts with people that actually believe in the law and constitution also known as conservatives when we're talking about judges here's the reuters report on this as president donald trump pursues his goal of making the federal judiciary more conservative his fellow republicans who control the senate are poised to confirm another batch of his picks for influential U.S. appeals courts to the dismay of some Democrats. The Senate this week is said to take up six of Trump's nominees to the regional appeals. These are appeals courts judges, actually, including four from states that have at least one Democratic senator. A longstanding Senate tradition that gave senators clout over judicial nominees from their home states has been fraying for years, meaning Democrats have less chance of blocking appointees. This is so dishonest. It's been fraying for years. Nah, no, nah, that's not what happened. Democrats took a battle axe to it. Remember Harry Reid, the nuclear option? Oh, yeah, that's right. Ro- oh, dude, that's crazy. Like, now, now, because Democrats wanted to court pack when they had Obama's president, now they don't want Republicans to do that? Like, wow. Yes, that is exactly what this is. They changed the rules. It was short-sighted. It was dirty pool at the time, but that's how Harry Reid liked to play the game, as we know. And now the shoe was on the other foot, and Democrats are all, "Oh, uh, but, but hypocrisy, hypocrisy, wine, wine, wine." That's what's going on here. You know, you, you can either you can either play by mutually agreed-upon rules in the Senate, or you can decide that when the going is good for your team, you're going to blow out the other one and forget about it. Forget about it. No, this is no good. Uh, Well, actually, it's good now for us, but their attitude to this is complete and utter bunk. Um, You have all these different judges. and I don't even get into the specifics of these appeals court nominees other than just to say this is a reminder when I start to feel a little bit like Trump, come on, like got to get you to do some stuff. It's not, but Gorsuch, which is something that a lot of never-Trumpers throw out there and say to be mean, Right, to be denigrating to our side. Oh, but Gorsuch, actually, it's, but Gorsuch and a whole lot of federal judges who will be making all kinds of rulings and creating case law that matter. And if it is constitutionally sound, if it is rooted in individual rights and liberty and a jurisprudence of the law is actually what is written on the page as the law, not whatever some progressive activist in a judge's robe thinks it is, then this is good for all of us. This is good for the country. And this is a legacy of the Trump administration that will continue on for a very long time. So I just want to note that Cuomo sharing this is a reminder of some of what's going on with Trump that's good, that you don't hear much about, but really does have an impact. Over the long term, it's really going to make a difference. Uh, 844-900-BUCK-TEAM, if you want to call in, 844 2825 uh, I have so much more show. I mean, today it's like I am in the swamp and I am dripping with content. So if you want to know what it is, you have to just stay right there or, or you could also call in and tell me something you would like me to talk about and uh, stay right there, please. Got some exciting news for you from the left coast, California, which would have uh, one of the top 10 economies in the world if it were its own country instead of a state. What, 35 million people now? Something like that. A lot, a lot of folks in California. Uh, California is now the first state in the country, It's official as of today, first state in the country that will have all homes. All homes and apartments built after the year 2020 going to have to have solar panels. Yay! <laughs> it's going to be like totally amazing, bro. It's going to be phenomenal. Cowabunga! They're going to do all kinds of great things with solar out there in California. Not. It's uh, Okay, I got to stop with the 80s surfer stuff. So... Here's the problem with solar. There's a bunch of problems with solar. One is that it's this great idea. Why isn't it everywhere? Why isn't solar the only energy technology we use? And the answer is that it's expensive and inefficient. There's this thing called the market. People have to pay for things. Solar energy is really expensive. And the way that some counties and municipalities have set up their solar feeds in the past, you basically end up subsidizing their solar energy. How does that make any sense? Well, it doesn't, but this is do-gooderism in place of science pretending to be scientifically sound uh, or or virtue signaling via solar panel. I I thought it would be the California state legislature, by the way. I was wrong on that one. It was actually a unanimous 5-0 vote today from the California Energy Commission. I wonder how many folks in the California Energy Commission have a DVD of Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth in their home, in their possession somewhere? I'm going to guess all of them. I wonder how many of them, if you asked them, were like, hey, what do you think of Al Gore? They would say he's a genius and a visionary. Despite the fact that his, it was called actually, I'd never heard this before, it was called Apocalypse Porn on the show Silicon Valley recently. They're, They're making fun of Al Gore. I was proud of them for making fun of Al Gore they actually went they actually went there they did it made fun of them um, but the 50 vote means that now all these homes after 2020 have to have solar panels now you're probably wondering buck what's that actually a lot of you're not wondering you're like wow stinks for california the flood of people sorry texas hey austin you guys better make some room because you're going to have a whole bunch of californians that are going to be showing up that are going to try to bring all the things that ruined california to state government in texas and certainly city government in austin people say that austin says keep keep austin weird i always thought it was keep portland weird do they both have the keep this place weird as a slogan anyway just be ready you're gonna have a lot of migrants from california showing up in in texas nevada a couple other places come to mind they love austin though i know that so all my all my folks listened out on klbj Get ready for all the Californians to show up. Surf's up, dude. Hang ten. I don't know how well that works on Lake Travis, but I'm sure that there's probably some waves sometimes. Uh, It's going to add some costs. No surprise there. Right, it's going to add $10,000 to the construction cost for a single family home. Now, you could say all oh, about over the over the life of a home. If you let's say you get a thirty year mortgage on it, average home in the U.S. is uh, producer Mike fact check me on this one. I think the average home in the U.S. in as of last year was probably one hundred and sixty thousand, maybe one hundred and seventy thousand, something like that. Uh, maybe is that the median or the mean? I'm not sure, uh, but it's around. So it's roughly two hundred thousand dollars. What a, what a new home costs on average? I think I think that's right
1: roughly 200 yeah you're,
0: you're right on it's uh it's 188 technically 188 bam look at buck i just pull this stuff out of nowhere reading is fundamental everybody very important uh the more you know remember those commercials the more you know what was that it was for uh, a good cause i forget what it was i think it was for about reading actually anyway uh ten thousand dollars single family home construction And they're saying that they're going to save much more in energy costs. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see about that. You see, because the way this ends up working, it's this crazy thing called sunlight you need. And you don't always have sunlight, as you are all quite aware. The sun, uh, you know, the Earth, Copernicus, these things spin. They move around on axes and all that, right? And so at some point there's dark. And that was a really, that was an, an incredibly articulate, astronomical descript- description there Buck. don't quit your day job there. but the the, the sun and the sun the moon and the stars no the, the sun isn't always around you go at nighttime it's dark very obvious stuff you're not getting solar power when it's dark when do most people it's a fun little little riddle for you when do most people use most of their electricity granted air conditioning in the summer is hot in place but generally speaking when are most people using the most electricity? During the week, especially when there's going to be in, they're going to be in their offices during the day, folks. Oh, that's right, nighttime. That's when the lights go on. That's when the TVs go on. That's when you know all these things happen at night. When you use most of your power, if you have electric heat, which I know I think some places do, right? Do you use electricity for heat. I don't know. I don't know much about this. Uh, natural gas, whatever. Point is. You need to be able to store that energy somewhere. So now you're talking about batteries. Ah, who makes the batteries for those solar, cell, uh, solar units that are going to go up on these houses? But, uh, Tesla does, don't they? The darling of the uh, California legislature and, uh, and the taxpayers. You're getting all kinds of breaks there, I'm sure. Uh, so, so this is why the technology is really not that useful because not only do you need, do you have solar energy that needs to be then stored, uh, but also you can only operate solar. You're only using solar for a portion of the day. Those batteries, by the way, are very expensive. Solar arrays themselves are uh, very costly for the environment. For those who care so much about the environment, uh, but this is this is about the this is nanny statism run amok. This is what you're going to see more of going to drive up costs great time i guess to be a solar i'd be really curious to see who's investing in certain solar companies that have big market share in california because this is one of those things that solar is a bad investment generally for folks it has been for a long time uh but all of a sudden i think you're going to see some solar companies doing quite well in california because the government says so not because the market says so am i also just allowed to say the same way that I I have an objection to wind power because they're it, just aesthetically really displeasing to have these big uh, windmill looking things, these uh, big fans, these arrays of these fans, whatever. And also, as I've said before, they are giant Cuisinarts for migratory fowl. They go right, they go right in. All of a sudden, nothing left but feathers. It's bad. They kill lots of birds. I'm being. They actually kill bald eagles. It's, it's sad, man. It's sad. Those uh big wind powered turbines you see uh, but solar also I mean solar panels are ugly. I'm just gonna say it you have all these houses you have California's all these uh, sort of hacienda style homes or whatever you call the stuff that looks like it's from south of the border, you know all these beautiful architectural uh oh nope, we gotta let let's slap a bunch of solar black solar panels on everything. that's gonna be great. We're going to look back at this and say, I wonder if the problem is California's not going to flip away from this until they've had to suffer through it. So it's going to be too late by the time they realize how dumb this is. So We'll have to see. But, yep, California, dude, we're going to get solar panels everywhere. It's going to be amazing. Well, it's going to be expensive is what it's going to be and not very efficient as a means of generating electricity. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just a guy who reads things. Third hour coming up. So much more. Stay right there, team. Buck Sexton. mission: Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America, your Great. You're a great American again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Team, I sometimes... Bring up a story here on the show, or bring up a topic, and then later on, it's like, wow. I'm not saying I caused this thing to happen, but it does feel kind of like it's just a a funky coincidence. Who could have thought? I don't know when it was. Maybe a couple weeks ago. I said, why is it that hip-hop music is completely exempt from all of the third-wave feminist Me Too left-wing criticism right you you don't see anyone from who's a a big artist from within the hip-hop community getting a lot of heat publicly from you know from the press you you just don't i I don't know at least i don't and i try to pay attention to these things i said it seems like there's quite a bit of a double standard at work there especially considering some of the songs uh, some of the songs in the uh, hip hop community in, in any music genre these days really uh have some lyrics that you know you hear them in and, and you know even like some Ariana grande songs not that i listen to a lot of that but you know even some of these other pop songs that are out there they'll come on and and i'll just da 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 you know i start singing doing my busting out my 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 buck moves which have which have mad, fla- mad Flavor. And I'm doing that, and then I'll hear the actual lyrics to the song, and I'm like, ooh, I'm glad my parents aren't around. I don't want them to hear this, you know? Some of them, is, is the lyrics are downright dirty, and I'm talking about pop music. And like, "I that like, you know, 15, 16-year-olds are listening across the country. I'm like, they're listening to this? Good heavens, what's going on here? I just figured this out. It's happening with a bunch of different songs. I, I'll try to think of some of them. Then I realize uh, how dirty the lyrics really are, you know, that they're not actually talking about a special dance move. They're talking about something else going on. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So there you have it. Uh, I brought this up about hip hop. But then a story broke about someone who decided to take it upon himself to fight back against some of the more aggressive lyrics in hip-hop but this is one of these cases where i am i'm not sure really whose side i'm on here well actually no i do know whose side i'm on not on the side of the guy who got people in trouble for playing music i'm on the side of the people so in this case the people that were actually playing the hip-hop with the uh with the bad lyrics in it so at duke university uh duke university has fired two campus baristas this just happened I just saw the story breaking uh breaking today I don't oh no I'm sorry story happened a few days ago now it's gone national though so now it's finally getting more attention so Duke fires these two baristas because the vice president for student affairs some guy named Larry Manetta who I'm sure but what is that you know vice president for student affairs this guy's probably got a nice office and a cushy cushy paycheck and pension waiting for him and doesn't do a whole lot I'm just saying he runs student affairs. I think the students handle a lot of their own affairs. But he was at the Joe Van Gogh coffee shop, uh, which I I don't know if this is an on campus. I think it's an on. Yeah, it is. It is. It's on Duke University campus. And the song came on Get Paid by Young Dolph. Uh, Producer Mike John, do you know this Young Dolph fellow? I'm unfamiliar. Nope. Nothing. No yeah, I, I, I have no. And who is who is the uh, Yeezy? Do You guys know who the yo, Yeezy is? Isn't that isn't there a guy? Is that a song or a guy? Is Jay Yeezy refers to Jay-Z? I know nothing. You know nothing. I, I think that's f- affiliated with Kanye West and his fashion line, isn't it? Is it Kanye? It- All right. I don't, I'm going to have that. Miss Molly will know. I'll ask her later. She'd be horrified if she heard this conversation. She's like, fuck, you've got to pay attention to what's going on in pop culture. Uh, So anyway, so young Dolph, And whenever I think of Dolph, I think of I must break you. You're like, that's Dolph to me. So young Dolph is a different and I don't know how he got the name or anything else, but that's a different thing. He has a song that has the lyrics in it. I I blanked her up real good. A very, very nasty thing to say. Uh, But. These uh, these two young pe- young people, gosh, it sounds like you know two whippersnappers, right? Young 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 folks, you know, youths. No, these two young students at uh, the Duke University. They were they were playing the song over over the uh, the PA or whatever at at the coffee shop, and this guy writes a letter. Oh, by the way, who wants to guess what kind of muffin this? Larry Moneta, Pre- vice president for student affairs. What kind of muffin did he have, folks, before he, before he called, called in the fuzz on these two guys for playing music? That's right. You know the answer. A vegan muffin. Uh, you know, you, 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 can't tr- you can't trust a guy who, for reasons other than allergies or whatever, celiacs are exempt. It's not an allergy, but a whole different discussion. Who go who reaches for the vegan muffin? I'm sorry, there's a, there's a lot of perfectly good muffins there. You're gonna go for the vegan muffin, anyway. Vegan muffin eater guy calls the campus authorities and or or sends them an email. I'm sorry, sends an email and complains about the Spotify list and gets these two baristas, Brittany Brown and Kevin Simmons, fired from their jobs because they're playing a song over the PA that had curse words in it. Now, what's interesting also about this guy is that he's actually a, a kind of a free expression guy. I mean, the, the professor is known as someone who will speak up for free speech. But how does he square that? I mean, here's a tweet from him. To those who believe that colleges and universities should prohibit hate speech, I encourage you to read this. It's some book from Yale. Freedom of expression protects the oppressed far more than the oppressors. It's a little ironic, isn't it, that the free speech guy on Duke University campus, or somebody known for being a free speech advocate, would complain about music choice and get someone fired from their job for it. I would just also note this is an administrator. This guy, this guy sucks. Okay, I'm with I'm with the the fired baristas here. By the way, is it is it barista? If you know, is it like a Latin? Is it barista, barista, baristo, or something? I mean. What do we call a male? Is everyone a barista? Male or female? Or maybe something else? Barista? Any. Producer Mike, you got nothing for me on this? You're, you're. come on. Philly's got fancy, bougie stuff too. You know what's up. Is it barista no matter who you are? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know, man. You might be on your head on this one. I'm on my, oh, you're leaving me? You're leaving me in the trenches taking grenades here on this one? I see how it is. All right. All right. Well, point is. The guys, the guys got a guy and a gal got fired for this, and I just think to myself, so many different ways this could have been, uh, so many ways this, this could have been handled. Did he go up to them and say, "Hey, could you guys, you know, he's an administrator at the school; they're all on school property. Why do not you just say to them, you know, could you guys maybe not play this kind of music? You know, could you could you try to pick stuff that's maybe a little a little less uh, with the profanity and, and other things like that? Uh, that would be great, but that's not what happened." not what happened at all he didn't treat them like adults and go up to them and say hey guys I, I really this song uh this song bothers me i guarantee you they would have especially knowing this guy's an employee of the school who's vice president of you know whatever he does They would have changed the song or taken it off their spotify players now he's got them fired the Guy's gotta why well, has gonna act like a punk you know be a man go up and tell them you don't like their music I think it's interesting that he chose the I'm-going-to-send-an-email-and-get-them-in-trouble route. This strikes me as a little weaselly. You know, a little little weaselly. These are adults. They're young adults, but they're adults. Should have talked to them about it. So, apparently, hip-hop, you can't play with impunity anywhere. On Duke University, I'm surprised this isn't more of a... Yeah, it's getting some national attention now, but... You know, this guy somehow has escaped, it seems to me, this uh, Moneta character has escaped anybody being... Upsetted him for singling out hip hop music and, and or writing an email to the powers that be to get these people fired from their job, which I'm sure they were doing doing well and you know trying to earn some cash while they're in college. And I don't know, I don't I don't like it. I don't like what this guy did. So here we are. I, I said, oh, is is hip hop exempt? It's not exempt apparently when it comes to some uh, nerdy college administrator who won't give people the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, could you change your song choice? There it is, yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't think that we'd be here in this way talking about the subject, but we are. Eight four four nine hundred, Buck. If you want to chat, my friends, we got uh, some spots open on the lines. We have much more show coming, and of course a fantastic uh, edition of roll call coming up. We will actually we will get to some of the emails that are sent to us via roll call. So we've got that uh, that coming up, and uh, and our sponsor this half hour, which I want to tell you all about, which is. Nine Line Apparel. Nine Line is a veteran-owned and operated patriotic lifestyle brand. Tonight, folks, is the last night to do this, so please go check it out. Uh, go to NineLineApparel.com and you can get the Remember the Fallen Memorial Day shirt. And with each shirt purchased, you have the option of submitting the name of a fallen soldier. And these heroes' names will cover Jeffrey Earnhardt's car at the Coca-Cola 600 over Memorial Day weekend in Charlotte. Nine Line and Jeffrey Earnhardt have partnered with Angels of America's Fallen. That's a charity that works to support the children of those lost to military service. So please help honor their parents' legacy, support our fallen heroes. Go to www.9lineapparel.com to get this exclusive Remember the Fallen t-shirt. That's 9 Remember the Fallen t-shirt, as well as all of their other patriotic apparel. Be right back. Speaking of the swamp, we have a story that, let's be honest, fits very squarely into the narrative of the stinky, smelly swamp that is way too much a part of politics today. I'm talking about the uh, the revelation today from uh, the Wall Street Journal, among others, that Novartis and AT&T gave $1.8 million to Michael Cohen. He of polls, whose polls, your polls, my polls, those polls, 1.8 million dollars to him for quote insights. Yeah, insights. Uh, those are some pretty expensive insights. Let's be honest. Look, I I, I understand that this there's probably other stories you'd rather hear about, but I this is a thing. It's going to come up more, so I felt like we should deal with it. Here's my problem with the way that this is going to get. I'm sure this is going to get framed. Uh Look, this happens all this happens all the time. I'm not excusing, I'm not saying it's okay. But people get paid for either expertise or I don't know, like speeches. Hello? That's what ostensibly the payment is for. But really what they're being paid for is access, their Rolodex, their personal relationships that can influence policy and make it rain dollar-dollar bills. That's what it's all about. And that's why you would have a Swiss drug maker and a and, and a telecom giant giving $1.8 million to Michael Cohen, I believe, for... His advice specifically about health care, an area that he... I, I saw that somewhere. Uh, yes, how the... Tr- these payments were stipulated. Here's we go. Uh, this is a quote from the Wall Street Journal piece. These payments were stipulated by a one-year agreement with essential consultants that Novartis pursued in the belief that Mr. Cohen could advise how the Trump administration might approach U.S. healthcare care policy matters. What's Trump going to do about health care? They're paying Cohen almost two million dollars for that. It's a lot of money. A lot of people go to work, work very hard. You know, average folks they go to work the whole year, and you know they make thirty, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars. Two million dollars for a guy who has no expertise in healthcare whatsoever, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure he has expertise in much of anything. I'm just saying. That doesn't look good. But you know what else doesn't look good? Uh, $175 million to the Clinton Foundation from Russian interests. Um, An $800,000 speech paid for by a Russian bank tied to the Kremlin, if memory serves, for Bill Clinton to show up and be like, I just think we need to bring the world together. We just need to bring a bunch of ladies over and we'll have those ladies you know make them a couple margaritas maybe get them in the hot tub and talk about policy you know I mean, that's what we'll do 800 grand is a lot for even a Bill Clinton speech you know hot tub not included i mean he's he's a uh, not not nearly as as important a figure on the oh that's right it's hillary they're paying for access to but you pay the spouse to get to the office holder and that's what they were doing. And so this is why we're in one of these situations where I'm going to tell you, yeah, that doesn't really, you know, for the president's personal lawyer to be taking a lot of money for access, this is, uh, this is not good. It's not good. I mean, I don't even know what the specific ethical, uh, ethics, not ethical, ethics uh, constraints are around this. But it also comes in a context of, I, I was there, I was over at CNN, man, when people were like, oh, no, the Clinton Foundation's just like, just a charity, yeah. Just all about charitable stuff, you know. Just doing, yeah. Well, what was the last time that you actually saw the Clinton Foundation do any real charity somewhere? Not just shuffle some money around and take their cut, and then maybe send it on to a charity that does real work. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, just... charity's hard. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Yep. 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 They were excusing an enormous an enormous amount of pay for access with Hillary Clinton. So wh- how can they just sort of move on now from that and act like there's, you know, no big deal? No big deal with her, but oh no, 2 million dollars for Cohen, they're going to make a huge deal out of it. They're going to talk about this all the time. Um so it's not good. I mean, I, Mueller's known about this for a long time. The Mueller probe, that came out today too. And both Novartis and AT&T have cooperated with Mueller's office. Um I'm not saying that I think that Cohen is quite in Manafort territory yet in terms of how much they're going to go after him and what they're going to have on him. But it's not looking good, folks. It's not looking good. Look, Cohen is uh, the president's, you know, is the president's lawyer. If he can't stay out of legal trouble, that's kind of on him. Lawyer, you should know, right? I mean, unless they're going to get him on some kind of uh Mickey Mouse process crime, which they very well might, but I, I think I'm thinking there's going to be something financially uh financial related here. And would they look would they have gone after Cohen if if he wasn't Trump's lawyer? Of course not, right? Would and, and doesn't this send the message don't work for Trump, don't work with Trump, don't be in the vicinity of Trump because we will get you, we being the deep state, the special counts, all this stuff—they will get you in order to send a message to all the rest. Yep, that's unfortunately the—that's unfortunately the world we are living in right now, folks. That's what's going on. So, wish it weren't the case. Wish I could tell you that um, there were people of of good faith and goodwill operating with all this stuff, and and Mueller's probe is going to shut down any day. But this is what's going to be happening for the foreseeable. Um, Eight four four nine hundred 900 buck if you would like to chat. Uh, I, I don't know, I was thinking about maybe returning to the issue of the Haspel confirmation just because the way feminists abandon women that aren't progressives and it just, it, it's so predictable and so gross, but, I don't know, the Haspel thing, I, I think it's going to be, you know, it's, it's she's going to be the director so they're just making a bunch of noise, you know, Kamala Harris is playing for the cameras as I said earlier and that's, Uh, Don't forget, uh, we're going to get into roll call here. If you want to send some roll call thoughts, Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. Send me whatever you've got, and uh, we'll be back in just a sec. He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Gina Haspel said today that if the president asked her to restart the interrogation program, she would not do Is that something that the president would ever ask? Gina Haspel told uh, the Senate today that she would not reopen enhanced interrogation programs. How does the White House square that with President Trump's uh, long-held belief that torture uh, is acceptable? Does the president still believe that torture works, as he said during the campaign? Ah, so that's really what it was about today as well. They're grandstanding during the hospital hearing for the next uh, CIA director spot. But they also want to then turn it around into, see, Trump is (sighs) pro-torture. They absolutely, they they will not stop. Any opportunity they see, any chance they have to try and uh, drag this president down, drag his, well, dragging his name into the mud doesn't work in any context for these guys, but they still do it. And Trump, I think, just to kind of troll them a little bit, wrote something today on Twitter about. Uh, you know, let me make sure that I let me make sure I get it right. Isn't it amazing you, to know what the president thinks on any given day? You have to be up on his tweets. I'm kind of surprised Obama actually didn't use Twitter more than he did in retrospect. But uh, here we go. He wrote the failing New York Times criticized Secretary of State Pompeo. Oh, this was just. In, almost like he listens to the buck sexton show trump wrote the failing new york times criticized secretary of state pompeo for being a wall missing when in fact he was flying to north korea fake news so bad like i said before well mr president if you're listening glad i glad i could uh help out um and then also he wrote uh where is this about the taking?" oh yeah here we go the fake this was 12 hours ago the fake news is working overtime just reported that despite the tremendous success we are having with the economy and all things, ninety-one percent of the network news about me is negative. So why do we work so hard with the media when it is corrupt? Take away credentials? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> He's not gonna take away their cred they first of all, they would love it if he would take away their credentials. Oh my god, could you imagine? Oh, the, the, the Acosta martyr routine, among others. Oh, the First Amendment's been destroyed. Meanwhile, for a long time, plenty of conservative outlets have had all kinds of trouble getting journalist credentials, getting access to these things, right? Uh, that media creds, whatever they call it. And I don't really agree with Drudge. I saw Drudge put out a tweet today saying he thinks that Trump's war on the media is going to lead to media licensing. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think Drudge is, is off on that one. Um, media licensing, how would that even work? You're going to tell people they can't write or say anything? There's no no way. They'd, they they want to control what people write and say by controlling the culture, but I don't see media licensing as a realistic concern. Um, but I've been, I've been wrong before. Rarely, but I've been wrong before. Huck Sanders got a uh, question about this. Play 14. President today on Twitter suggested stripping journalists of their press credit. Is that a line that, as press secretary, you would be willing to cross? Uh, I'm standing up in front of you right now, taking your questions. I think a number of you uh, have mentioned both off-air uh, or on-air, in private, and a number of other occasions that this is one of the most accessible White Houses. Uh, we're very committed to a free press, and I think that we demonstrate that every single day, not only by me being up here and taking your questions, as I'm doing right now. The president did it just a couple of hours ago and has made multiple sets of remarks and be uh, in front of the press later tonight as well. You know how much can they really whine about this stuff before it it just becomes apparent that this is a refrain the media is going to keep hitting? Is this the president really going to do really going to abandon us? Oh, it's so bad. We hate it. It's so sad. You know they love this. It's been good for their careers. The journalists that the president has gone after the most have had their careers elevated in the mainstream media. I mean, if you want to get a, if you want to get what they call a contributorship, a little bit of background here. So a contributor, though, the folks that you see who go on TV, who are the guests, right? Not the hosts and not the correspondents out in the field, you know, talking about things, but the guests, if they are on contract and paid, they're called contributors. So I was, for example, for two years, a CNN contributor. It was traumatizing. Uh, But a lot of other folks just show up and do it for free. Right. But if you want to get a contributorship right now at MSNBC, all you have to do is go on TV and be like, oh, the president's the worst He's a racist and a rapist and a murderer and the thief and, a, you know, just do that. And MSNBC will put you on TV. Republican political consultant. Yeah. Republican political consultant. They'll put them on. They'll put on as much as they can. They'll get you on TV. You know, I actually asked somebody this weekend uh, or not this weekend, this, this past week, I said to somebody, the media person of some note, said, you know, what's funny about CNNMS MS is the CNN people think they're different from MSNBC. I wonder if the MSNBC people feel like CNN is is a bunch of fakery, too, that they're just as opinionated and just as left wing as MSNBC, but they just refuse to own it. I be, I'd be kind of curious. I mean, they'll never. They know they're united. They're playing for the same team, so they'll they'll never actually answer that question. I think, but that would be so fascinating to actually hear. Um, they're getting all upset about the press. By the way, in, interesting. Uh, this guy Avenatti, the lawyer for the porn star, he has made some claims about Cohen. I was talking before about this these payments to Cohen, which look it. I don't. I'm not saying they're illegal. I'm just saying that doesn't really look good. I and mean, Cohen is not. Cohen is not a healthcare expert. He's a Trump expert, and everyone knows it. And if they're if paying for access is bad, he shouldn't be taking that money. But here's how this uh, Tapper Avenatti exchange went. Uh, Jake Tapper over at CNN. Fifteen. The allegation you're suggesting here, not only that somebody was selling access to the president, but that maybe he was even giving some of the money to the president or to his firms. That is a that is a stark suggestion. I, I'm not making that suggestion. I'm not making that allegation. You're what not su- saying. Okay. What, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that all the evidence is not in yet as to where this money went. And I find it very hard to believe, Jake, that the president at least did not know what Michael Cohen was doing for this 18 month or 12 month time period. Why is that so weird? I mean, Cohen's got different clients. He's a lawyer. He's bound by confidentiality. Why would why would Cohen? by the way, if, I find it completely plausible that Cohen would take money for access to Trump and not tell Trump anything about it. Think about it. If you were in his shoes, his very shiny square toed loafers, I am sure, and Cohen's shoes, uh, don't you think that you would want to take that money and keep it kind of quiet? You know, you want to bring it to the, to the president's attention. Why? He might say, hey, this is going to look bad. You can't do that. And I'm going to keep following this one. I don't, I don't have a, 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 a totally 100% read on it yet. I'm, I'm going to watch this one. I do think Mueller's got Cohen, though. That whole raid, that wasn't just uh that wasn't just sending a message that was doing that. It was uh a taste of things to come. There's gonna be a lot, a lot more, I think. That uh, very clearly shows Cohen is in Mueller's crosshairs. Uh when we come back, we have my favorite part of the day roll call. Stay with me. buck it's time for roll call old school rock and roll call all right if you uh, want to be a part of the next one facebook.com slash buck sexton and uh, we will get to it so thank you for that uh first up here renee writes has anyone noticed the resemblance between john Kerry and herman munster No, (laughs) Renee, I can't say that I have. I, John, am I missing something? Isn't her? Yeah, I don't. I don't don't get that. That was weird. Okay, but hey, Renee, maybe I'm missing something. uh next up, we have Harlow, who writes, "Hey Buck, OSS here. Shields High, great show. Love it on iHeart every day. Why do you think the Republicans are so useless?" The Dems would have passed the kitchen sink by now. Whose side are these guys on? You know, Harlow, you raise an important point here. Just like the Iran deal is temporary, tax cuts will be temporary too, my friends. And yeah, there's congressional action on on the latter and not the former. But if the Democrats win the House, just give it time. Once they get the Senate, they will find a way on taxes uh they'll they'll raise your taxes and they'll say they're just restoring tax fairness or some other nonsense crap but they they will they will believe believe you me my friend so uh keep that in mind next up here we have uh jen who writes great show well thank you jen amazing show actually i read an older note where she said great now she said amazing but i'll take both great and amazing i'll take them both I've been listening to the older shows while I wait for the weekday episode. I'm so glad you've decided to do this. I'm the same age, and I've been worried that after Rush, who would we have? It makes me really happy that we have your voice to speak for us now and going forward. You are a great American. Shields high. Well, Jen, you're very, very kind. Thank you for listening, and I hope you've been around for a long time doing my show, and appreciate you. appreciate that you're part of Team Buck. So thank you so much. Matt, next up here. Buck, love your show. One quick comment. The left has been investigating Trump now for years with all the might of the MSM and has yet to come up with anything more than Stormy Daniels. But Ronan Farrow and a few of his team takes down Schneiderman in one uh, one fell swoop. What does that say about the power of the media? Uh, Well, Matt, I think they would have taken down anybody who wasn't Trump. You know, you got to remember that. I think that that's one of the Trump is an anomaly. He is the exception. He has uh, an an almost imperviousness to the usual media slanders and tactics of destruction and character assassination. It just doesn't doesn't have the same effect against this president. And they're trying everything. They're so desperate. They go after him like maniacs. And he just keeps on brushing his shoulder off. That's what he does. Uh, oh, by the way, producer Mike pointed this out to me, that Yeezy is not, in fact, a rapper, but is Kanye West's clothing line. I do not yet own any gear from Yeezy, but I will look into it. Uh, next up, we have Alan, who writes, Buck, I never miss a show. I really appreciate your on-air delivery. Well, I really appreciate you, Alan. Too many people sprinkle their speech with incredibly annoying phrases like write, look, so, at the end of the day, whatever, etc. Totally agree, Alan. Don't like that at all. Even those on air in major news shows. Keep up the great uh, the great work. Thank you, Alan. And yes, it's true. A lot of people in my business they like go on air and like they just like want to like share like their opinions and like so like I mean it's just like, you know, the Iraqis and like they don't like have maps such as. Remember that. That was a real classic moment. That's in the all-time pantheon of on-air TV bloopers. That's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. It's up there with We'll Do It Live, a few others. If you haven't seen it, just type in like such as maps on YouTube, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll pop up. It's good stuff. Christina writes, Hate those robocalls. I have to answer even if no one is named or I don't recognize it. I literally have 18 doctors. So when they call, you better answer. Most docs do not use their names or number that is linked to a practice, but it's not labeled. I told Christina, I have the same thing. A lot of media companies, people say, book, why do you only answer calls, you know, because I would never be able to go on Fox on a whole bunch of different places and organizations that will reach out. A lot of these media companies have blocked phone numbers. So if you're not going to answer block phone numbers, you're not going to be able to do some, uh, some things you need to for your job. Hi, it's the reward center. Oh, it's terrible. And does anyone really think that you just you just want a cruise and they just want to be your friend and they want to give you this free cruise? Don't even get me started on cruises. I know some of you probably have had great experiences and love cruises. And if there's a, a really great cruise sponsor with deep pockets out there, I'm sure we could work something out. But as a general rule, I just—it's not for me. I'm a I'm a, a land right? i like to stay on land. I'm not a a ship person. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, but Christina, I, I feel I I feel your pain on the whole robocalls thing. They they really stink. It's very very annoying. Uh, and I'm hoping that they will take the government. I know I'm saying it. I'm hoping the government will take action and stop uh, stop it. Eric writes, my inner Star Wars nerd compels me in defense of abrams he did not do the last jedi but he returns for the next star wars movie also uh i love your show thank you appreciate that shields high and deus vault uh, deus Volt meaning god's wills it crusaders battle cry uh okay i didn't know i thought abrams did this last one so i i guess i stand corrected on it. the la- but the last star wars was pure trash Pure trash, garbage, not worth anyone watching. The little, little weird like crystal marmots that were running around the whole. It's just, it's hard to understand how a movie could be so bad. I'm look, go watch it and tell me. You know, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I'm right. When it comes to this one, I'm on it. Uh, Edmund writes, Stormy's lawyer accused the wrong Michael Cohen. Where did he get his data? Hashtag Deep State Leaks. That's a good question, Edmund. It seems this lawyer might be getting some information about people that he shouldn't be getting now remember they seized all of uh cohen's personal effects from his uh, office from his home so do do any of us think it is beyond some members of the deep state and the fbi to get that information out to the media i don't think so or, or to avenati to, to to launder through Avenatti for the media i think that's very uh very much a possibility uh robert Right, Love the show. Everyone's picking up on it. If you start out with something nice, very likely the rest of it will get read on air. Uh, Been with you since Real News pre-OSS. Oh, wow. Original Saturday Squad. Actually, he was with me from Real News in the beginning of GBTV. I saw Glenn last few days. Great to catch up with Glenn. He's doing well. He says, hi, everyone. Should someone remind the Dems that this deal is not a treaty? If it were a treaty, we would be bound to it. Maybe we should have gone that way if you wanted it to be permanent robert i didn't see this until now but i i believe i addressed that and so great minds think alike my friend you and i are on the same page with this one we are simpatico on it it's a reminder that president obama really did seem to think that congress was kind of this quaint anachronism I've got a pen I've got a phone there's my pen on my phone uh, so yeah there there was that uh, we're going to be closing out the Freedom Hut for today, but back tomorrow from the swamp, the center of the swamp. But the Freedom Hut is an island of sanity and liberty in the midst of the swamp. Please tell a friend about the show. Tell them to download the podcast and shield High, my friends. When you're at work, your dogs, they're cooped up inside all day. So look, I understand, right? When you get home, you want to let your pups out to burn off some energy, have some fun in the yard. Except lately, some of that energy's been used not just to run around, but to dig. And they can dig under your fence. You've probably tried brick and wood, even concrete, but... Have you tried dig defense? This is gonna solve the problem that a lot of pet owners struggle with, digging. Dig defense extends the protection of your fence underground. No amount of digging is gonna let your pets out or let predators into the yard. It's real easy to find yourself in a situation where foxes, skunks, raccoons, they could attack your dogs or your cats in your home because they can get under the fence and come in. Dig defense keeps your furry family safe. Check it out for yourself. Available online at Lowe's, Menards, Wayfair, and StopTheDig.com. Dig Defense is a solution to pets digging under the fence and getting out or letting predators in. Go to StopTheDig.com now.